Hello everyone and welcome to the I Heard Your Review Movies podcast for this week. We have a loaded show this week beginning with the highly anticipated Boz Lerman film Elvis starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. We then dive into other movies that have been highly anticipated. Jurassic World Dominion starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, directed by Colin Trevorrow. Thor Love and Thunder starring Chris Hensworth, Natalie Portman, Russell Crowe, and Christian Bale, directed by Taka Watiti. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, nope, starring Academy Award winning actor Daniel Kaluuya. Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yoon, and is directed by Jordan Peele. And finally, The Gray Man, starring Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, playing on Netflix now. We'll also talk about, uh, last week, uh, I went to the Family Drive-In Theater, I have a review on it, and I'm also going to go over uh, the calendar of what's coming up in uh, film the next few months and then we'll you know see what we've been watching on tv so sit back and enjoy the podcast we'd like to thank everyone for their support and for listening to this podcast please visit our Facebook page at I Heard Your Review Movies, on Twitter at Heard Movies, Instagram at I Heard Your Review Movies, and now just launched on TikTok, search I Heard Your Review Movies. We will have one-minute and three-minute movie-reviewed segments on TikTok. Donations are always welcome to keep the podcast running strong, via Cash App at dollar sign GMUDan04, at PayPal under GMUMandan at AOL.com. All monies collected will go towards improving the recording studio and equipment, as well as give us a longer reach for interviews with famous stars. Thanks for listening. Shakespeare, reinvented the musical, and redefined the classic, comes a bold new vision of an American icon. But this ain't no nostalgia show. We're gonna do something different. Comic book heroes all find their superpowers. Elvis found music. Uh, bring that bass up, Jerry. I wish to promote you, Mr. Preston. I believe I can be great. Some people wanted to put me in jail. So Wells moving. Don't so much as wiggle a finger. I'm gonna show you what the real Elvis is like tonight. In that moment, Elvis, the man, was sacrificed. And Elvis the God was born. Oh, my Lord. I would do anything to make sure my mom and daddy never had to live in poverty ever again. 
film we're going to talk about on the podcast today is the highly anticipated Boz Lerman's Elvis, starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. From his rise to fame to his unprecedented superstardom, rock and roll icon Elvis Presley maintains a complicated relationship with his enigmatic manager, Colonel Tom Parker over the course of 20 years. Central to Presley's journey and happiness is one of the most influential people in his life, Priscilla. This movie is absolutely meant to be seen on the big screen with the best sound possible. I actually went and saw this film on a preview night uh, before it was released uh, at the Alamo Draft House here in Ashburn. It was on Dolby Atmos, Sony 4K uh, picture, wonderfully dazzling and colorful as Boz Lerman films typically are. If you have, if you're not familiar with Boz Lerman, he's done uh, Moulin Rouge. Uh, he did The Great Gatsby, which I think that might be the definitive version of Gatsby. I know a lot of people love the. Uh, Robert Redford version, but the version with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire, check it out. I mean, that's an amazingly visually stunning movie, just like this one is. And this is absolutely no exception. Um, Boz Lerman tells the story of Elvis's rise to superstardom and his complicated relationship with Colonel Tom Parker. The film glosses over his relationship with his wife Priscilla, whom Elvis met in reality when she was 15 and he was 25. They kind of leave that out, but uh, that is true. Uh, he met her when she was 15 years old. Um, and then, I, you know, but I believe, you know, Austin Butler can get his best actor uh, speech ready. For the Oscars, I don't see anybody beating this performance. He embodied Elvis Presley in every aspect. He even sang some of the songs in the film. And uh, really, you know, the pandemic, he thanked the pandemic, really, for him getting so directly involved with his character and with Elvis Presley in general. He thinks that actually benefited his performance, which I thought was a very interesting take on it. Um, But he is absolutely brilliant in this film. Uh, Just everything about it, uh, just its tremendous performance. Tom Hanks 
transforms into Colonel Tom Parker. You don't really know it's Tom Hanks most of the time. And if you want to know more about Elvis and his relationship with Colonel Tom Parker, you know, this film really does dive into that a lot. There are books, there are bio books, uh, all sorts of material that has been done on this. Uh, but this is real. This is the first major motion picture biopic of Elvis Presley. There's been uh, many series done. One particularly by CBS with Thomas Rees Myers uh, as Elvis Presley. That was the most recent uh, Elvis uh, on TV or film. Um, you know, of course, of Elvis Presley was throughout. You know, had a movie career, but as far as a biopic definitively, you know, showing Elvis's rise to fame, basically from beginning to end, this is the first film to be released that actually chronicles his entire career. And it is a very tragic cautionary tale. Uh, you find out how cold, selfish, and ruthless Colonel Tom Parker is, and... Uh, and ultimately only cared about how much money he made and to keep Elvis churning out cash for his financial gain. He, you know, Colonel Tom Parker was an avid gambler, and one of the just diabolical things of many of the diabolical things that he did was when Elvis wanted to travel the world, Elvis said to Colonel Tom Parker, hey, I want to go and share my music with the world like everybody else. Everybody else goes on worldwide tours. And Colonel Tom Parker would always tell him, no, you know, it's so dangerous over there. He'd find an excuse every time Elvis brought it up. And the reason for that was Colonel Tom Parker was not a nationalized citizen anywhere in the world. So he did not have proper papers to travel. And so if Elvis wanted to travel from the United States to Europe or to Asia or to Australia, he would have to have the proper paperwork. And that's one, one of the reasons and probably the biggest reason Colonel Tom Parker did not want Elvis to travel the world. And so he would con Elvis with these different you know, situations like, oh, let's do a worldwide concert, satellite concert. We don't have to travel anywhere. We can go you know, to, to a studio or to a place and have an audience and you can do all your, you know, songs from there. And of course, Elvis would go along with it every time. And then, uh, but there was a breaking point and the film shows it very well. And of course it is, it is dramatized in many aspects of what exactly occurred, but Elvis gets fed up and, you know, ends up later in the movie trying to fire Colonel Tom Parker. And when he does, Colonel Tom Parker sends him a bill for eight and a half million dollars, chronicling every charge from when he signed Elvis, you know, initially to the current, uh, arrangement where they were at the International Hotel in Las Vegas where Elvis had a residency. And Elvis basically, his father told him, you're broke. You have to do, you have to do what he tells you. And so it's a very tragic film. And, and I mean, you see how much pain and suffering Elvis 
takes from Colonel Tom Parker. And it is it is a tragic tale, but it is a absolutely brilliant film. I was entertained from beginning to end. It's a little bit long. It's two and a half hours, but it's well worth the investment, well worth the time to go seek it out. And I would seek it out in a theater with fantastic sound, fantastic picture. It's well worth it. I give Elvis three and a half out of four stars. That will be on my watch list for the Oscars, I think. Austin Butler's a shoe-in for Best Actor. Boz Lerman might get a Best Directing Oscar nomination for this, and I think the film is good enough to be Best Picture nominated. So check it out. It will be on HBO Max, I believe they said next month. We will find out uh, more information, and we will pass that along to you on this podcast when we get it. Classic World Dominion, starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Chris Pratt, 
and Bryce Dallas Howard, directed by Colin Trevorrow. The epic conclusion, or so they say, to the Jurassic World trilogy. This concludes the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World trilogies. So it looks like Hollywood will kind of sit on this for a little bit and then probably in a few years have a reboot of some kind or a new storyline of some kind with a new new set of actors. We'll see what Hollywood does. They love to recycle things very quickly these days. After surviving the destruction of the Isla Nublar Island and dealing with the conspiracy of the Lockwood Estate, Owen, Grady, and Claire take Lockwood's granddaughter, Maisie, with them upon learning she's actually the clone of Lockwood's daughter. They've been living under the radar to protect Maisie, but she feels like a prisoner in her own home. One day, Blue the Raptor that Grady trained at Isla Nublar, bonded with, and bonded with, shows up and reveals that she bored an offspring, which is impossible. Men are watching them, and they are told to get Maisie and Blue's child, which they do. Owen and Claire set out to find them. They ask friends for help, and they eventually learn that it was Lewis Dodgson, owner of Biosyn, who ordered the abduction at the same time the country's crops are being attacked by some unusual locusts. Ellie Sattler investigates and suspects the locusts were created by Dodgson, who wants the world to rely on his crop that the locusts have not touched. So she asks Alan Grant and her former partner to help her. She was contracted by Ian Malcolm, who works for Dodgson, who invites them to Dodgson's dinosaur sanctuary, which is also his lab. They set out to prove Dodgson's scheme, but in the process... They meet Maisie, who bonded with Blue's child, whom she named Beta. They try to escape, but Dodgson tries to stop them. Claire and Owen head to the sanctuary to save Maisie and Blue. This movie had such tremendous potential when it was announced. You know, I I heard that they were having, you know, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, Laura Dern back, and I was like, okay, this might be a very interesting turn in the franchise. And the way they ended uh, the the second movie of Jurassic World uh, was basically that she, oh, we left the gate open, and the dinosaurs ran onto the mainland of the United States, and whoops, you know, now we got to deal with dinosaurs in the city. And I thought, okay, well, they they kind of painted themselves in a corner in the last movie. Maybe this can be something they can build upon for the next movie. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> this movie is only about one thing. Well, I mean, that you have the backdrop of dinosaurs. I'll give them that. But it's about prehistoric locusts, which has nothing to do with dinosaurs. And, I, and when I realized that's what the plot was to get the original cast members back, I was like, really? This is what we're going with? Locusts? Why? 
you know, you've got so much potential with the dinosaurs attacking, you know, basically attacking the mainland now, uh, trying to get them back to where they need to be. They had such an opening for a great story to involve all of the people in both of the franchises. They missed the mark on this, horrendously missed the mark. This movie is way too long. It's over two and a half hours long, and it has some extreme slow points in it. There's not enough Jeff Goldblum in it. You know, I found out that Sam Neill initially wasn't going to do this movie unless his character, Dr. Grant, became a significant part of the plot, which... You know, Colin Trevorrow said, okay, we can do that. And they did. And I just think this movie misses the mark on a lot of things. I I thought it was entertaining, but, you know, as far as actual storyline and everything included in it, I was just really disappointed in it. I give Jurassic World Dominion two out of four stars. And I think that's pretty generous, actually was toying with one and a half stars, but I think there's enough uh, enjoyment in the movie and in in the different things that um, two stars, um, it is a just a disappointing end to the Jurassic World franchise. It's going to be a while before they bring this back. I think Chris Pratt is done with it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do from here. But Jurassic World Dominion will be on HBO Max, I believe. Uh, Or no, it'll be on Peacock, I think, because it's universal. So it'll be on Peacock here in the next month or so. It'll also be on Blu-ray and DVD in the coming weeks, if you so choose to check it out. Kids, get your popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. When he got in shape, he went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? What's it been like? Three, four years? Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. My, uh, sensing feelings. Well, you're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. Gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first.
Let's see who you are and take off your disguise. And flick! Oh, you flicked too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? And eventually, Grape. Thor Love and Thunder, starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Russell Crowe, and Christian Bale, directed by Taika Waititi, I think that's how you pronounce his name, so sue me if it's wrong. Thor embarks on a journey unlike anything he has ever faced, a quest for inner peace, however, his retirement gets interrupted by Gore the God Butcher, a galactic killer who seeks the extinction of the gods. To combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who, to his surprise, inexplicably wields his magic hammer. Together, they set out on a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God's Butcher's Vengeance. This was a fun film. Uh, it was part of a double feature that I went and saw, and which we'll have in another segment, on the Family Drive-In Theater uh, out in Stevens City, Virginia. Uh, it was a double feature with Nope, uh, Jordan Peele's new movie. Thor, Love and Thunder was the second film that we watched in the double feature. This was just a fun film to watch, and the soundtrack is slamming. I mean, it is a great soundtrack. It's classic rock. Through and through, you've got Sweet Child of Mine from uh, Guns N' Roses just blasting throughout the whole movie. You've got some great classic rock in there, you know, sprinkled here and there. And it's just a fun movie. It's uh, it's kind of a sad movie toward the end, but I won't give... This is going to be a spoiler-free review, so no one... Uh, if you haven't watched the movie, I'm not going to give away any details of what exactly occurs, but... Uh, but Thor's ex-girlfriend, Jane Foster, comes back into the picture. Uh, during a battle, they, you know, he discovers that she's in his world and, um, and discovers some you know, unsettling secrets of why she's there. Now, I'll leave it at that. But I thought it was just a very fun, creative movie. It's not too serious on itself. Some of these Marvel movies just get really, really serious on themselves. But this one's fun. It's just, a, it's action-packed. It has great effects. I thought Russell Crowe was hilarious as Zeus, um, which, you know, later on, I'm sure he's going to become a formidable foe of Thor's. And we'll find out later, you know, later in the, you know, as, as the franchise continues to chug along. This is the fourth movie in the Thor franchise, uh, I thought Thor Ragnarok, which was the last film, was very well made, very well done. Uh, Thor The Dark World is probably the most disappointing of the four. And then, of course, the original Thor is just a classic, you know, early Marvel film. But uh, Chris Hemsworth has no plans to abandon this character anytime soon. So we're going to probably see Thor in several films, including Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I would have assume he'd be in that but we'll see we'll see if he is or not um but it's just a fun movie enjoyable you know go see it it's uh it is going to be on disney plus i believe in the next month or so um and but it is out in theaters now definitely go take a look for it it i give thor 
Love and Thunder, three out of four stars. Go check it out. You good? You good? Where your sister? We are at the world famous Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, hey, ladies, ladies, how y'all doing? Hey. How about that? She's supposed to be here. Jordan Peele's third film, Nope, starring Academy Award winner Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Steven Yeun, directed by Jordan Peele. It's a very simple storyline. Two siblings who run a California horse ranch discover something wonderful and sinister in the skies above, while the owner of an adjacent theme park tries to profit from the mysterious otherworldly phenomenon. Jordan Peele has become a master of his craft in just a new type of horror. You don't need the blood, you don't need the gore. It's just 
it's very Hitchcockian, I guess is what I would say. Um, and if you don't know what I mean, watch Alfred Hitchcock movies. He's got some great directorial guidance for directors today and previous directors that have taken his craft and turned it on its head or turned it to a different way. But Jordan Peele is on the rise as one of the go-to horror directors and just go-to directors in general. His storylines are original, they're refreshing, they're what Hollywood needs right now. And this storyline does not disappoint. Now, is it the best Jordan Peele movie? I mean, it's good. Uh, I think it's very entertaining. It's definitely easy to follow and understand what's going on. Um, But again, we're going to make this a spoiler for your review as well. Um, You know, the movie begins uh, with the character, uh, his father, is outside sitting on his horse, and all of a sudden all this debris starts falling from the sky And part of the debris hits the horse and hits his father and goes right through his father's head uh, and eventually ends up killing his father. So the son ends up inheriting the ranch, uh, really not knowing what killed his father. You know, he was there when it occurred. um, And it's just very mysterious, very interesting. That's really all I'll go into. I don't want to give away too much. Uh, it's a very refreshing, uh, just one, you know, really good film. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya was in Get Out. Um, you know, he loves using, Jordan Peele loves using actors that he's used in previous films in different roles and trying to test them, which I think is very admirable and very interesting. Um, but it is, it's a very entertaining film. Uh, I really did like it and, Again, but it's not it's not the best Jordan Peele film. And you really can't compare it to his other two. They're totally different storylines. But I give Nope 3 out of 4 stars. It is available now in theaters. Uh, it's also at the Family Drive-In Theater out in Stephen City. What do you know about the Sierra program? Reckless mystery men you guys send in when you can't officially send anyone else? The brain men. Lloyd. I got an urgent locate and destroy. That could be fun. The man's got some street cred. funeral you're going to next you want to make an omelet you got to kill some people you must be lloyd what gave it away the trash dash it just it leans lloyd i'm about to put a hit so big on your boy's head that even his most loyal allies won't hesitate to drop a nine Grade A wet team from here to Lincoln. Five for the prestige of killing the infamous Sierra Six. I can kill anybody. <laughs> 
Our last film on the podcast this week is the highly anticipated, most expensive Netflix film ever made at clocking over $200 million, The Gray Man, starring Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, which everybody knows from the classic Marvel films. Six, a highly skilled assassin in the deep cover Sierra program of the CIA is the agent's best merchant of death. However, a mission goes bad and now Six is on the run from the CIA with sociopathic former agent Lloyd Hansen hot on his trail. Aided by agent Danny Miranda and handler Donald Fitzroy, Six must be the most his most ruthless self to avoid Hansen who will stop at nothing to bring Six down. Very simplistic plot to me. Um, You know, it's definitely one of those high-action CIA agent-type films, very much like a Mission Impossible-esque type movie. Um, Chris Evans is... He always plays a prick when when he's a villain. I don't know what it is. If you watch Knives Out, it's almost the same exact mannerisms, almost the same exact demeanor that he had in that movie where he just played a prick. And that's all there is to it. Um, but he plays it, the role very effectively and very well. Uh, Ryan Gosling, of course, is a fantastic action star. I've really enjoyed his action movies since Blade Runner 2049. If you haven't watched that movie, check it out. It's an excellent film. Really action-packed. It uh, looks like it's going to be a big franchise with Netflix. They've already greenlit the sequel. They've already greenlit a spinoff. Uh, just a very enjoyable, like if you're looking for a, you know, popcorn, just mindless type of action flick, this is one of those flicks. I would give it three out of four stars. It is available on Netflix now. In this segment, we're going to talk about the Family Drive-In Theater located in Stevens City, Virginia. They have been doing this for over 65 years. It is located again in Stevens City, Virginia. That's about an hour from uh, the Northern Virginia area, the Ashburn area, Herndon area. Uh, Easy to get there. You take Route 7 to 15 to 81. And you're there in a matter of an hour. And it's a nice picturesque drive going that route. You can also go 66 to 81 and uh, find Stevens City along that route. Uh, But the 715 to 81 seems to be uh, a nice drive. And, uh, you know, most days that you're going, especially on the weekends to the family drive-in, traffic is not that bad on that route. Um, but the family drive-in is open seven days a week right now in the summer season. I believe they've got another month left uh, where they're open seven days a week. They show double features on two screens. Last week we went and saw Nope and Thor Love and Thunder uh, and really hit it just right. It was on a Saturday night. Weather was kind of iffy, so the crowd was a little light. 
Um, and we got in very quickly when the gates opened at 630. Uh, the thing you have to realize is you have to be patient when the movie starts because they they start the movie when the sun is completely set to optimize picture quality as well as the sound quality which you can bring your own portable radio they have fm uh, signals that you can tune into and makes the experience very enjoyable you can also bring lawn you know your lawn chairs if you have a pickup truck you can put you know seats in the in the bed and enjoy uh movies out under the stars and you know we lucked out the rain pushed through uh right when we got there and you know we stayed for both movies and that's included on this review this week um family driving did change ownership a couple of years ago when uh jim cop unexpectedly passed away due to complications due to covid this is the second season under the new ownership and i have to say the the modest changes that they've made have been very good the they introduced the pizza is now on the menu along with the burgers fries funnel cake fries which are absolutely phenomenal they've got plenty of ice cold drinks on hand you want to support the uh, this the snack bar because that is where the family drive-in really drives their revenue. All the movies, you know, the ticket prices basically pay back Hollywood distribution for the movies that they're able to show. And so the snack bar is really their cash cow where they pay off all the employees and pay the expenses and pay the improvements and refurbishments and all that stuff. So please, uh, you know, you can bring in your own food. It is a $15 charge for a permit to bring in your own food. I would recommend just getting your food at the family drive-in. The prices are very reasonable, and they have done away with the app that they used to have that was so problematic before, uh, and you just go up to the snack bar. It's a very traditional you know, drive-in theater type snack bar where you can get your popcorn, you can get your candy, you can get your drinks, and then they have, you know, meals. So uh, definitely check out the Family Drive-In. They have a website. I believe it's familydi.com to check uh, current movies that are being offered and the showtimes that are currently available. Like I said, our movie started probably roughly around 9 o'clock. And everything wrapped up about 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, one, you know, there is an intermission between the two movies that they show. Um, but usually they have one screen that is for the families, you know, animated films and, and the like. And the other uh, screen they tend to try to get toward more adult-oriented films. Like this past weekend they had Nope and Elvis playing on screen number two. Uh, screen number one, I believe, had Super Pets and Minions, The Rise of Gru. Um, so definitely check out The Family Drive-In. It is just such a great nostalgic experience. They also have the original speakers from when they opened that are still in operation to this day, which is very impressive. Um, but it's just a great hint of nostalgia. If, you're, if you know drive-ins from your past, this will bring it right down memory lane. Uh, I did not grow up with drive-ins, but my parents did, and this is a great experience. And again, right outside of Stevens City, very easy drive from Northern Virginia and D.C. Check it out.
coming up on the podcast, we have our coming soon movies for August and September 2022. This past week, we had Bullet Train starring Brad Pitt, Easter Sunday starring Tiffany Haddish, and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies coming out, as well as Sharp Stick, whatever that is. All those came out this past week. Also, Prey, the highly anticipated prequel to Predator, came out on Hulu, I believe. Uh, And that came out also this week. We also have, coming up uh, on August 10th, I Am Groot, the Disney Original Plus, Disney Plus Original, sorry, Uh, and then really not a lot of content the next few weeks. We got Mark and Rita, that's a nationwide comedy that's coming out on August 12th, Day Shift, which is a suspense thriller on Netflix is coming out, 13 The Musical, also a Netflix Netflix original coming out. We have The Princess on HBO Max coming out August 13th. She-Hulk Attorney at Law, another Disney Plus original, uh, is coming out August 17th, the next Marvel Cinematic Universe show. Uh, Idris Elba in his, really his first major starring role, leading role, uh, in Beast. And that's pretty much it for that. House of the Dragon, the highly anticipated prequel series to uh, Game of Thrones, comes out on HBO Max August 21st. We also have The Invitation on August 26th with Samaritan and 3,000 Years of Longing starring Tilda Swinton. Everybody's talking about that movie a lot. Um, And that's pretty much it for August. And then we have Andor, the series, Star Wars series, coming out on Disney Plus August 31st. September has Honk for Jesus on September 2nd. Uh, We have Barbarian and Brahmastra Part 1. Shiva movie. I guess that's a uh, Indian film. I would assume. Yep. That's a na- nationwide release coming out in September. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Clerks three in limited release. Only one day. Actually, one day only. Uh, Kevin Smith could not get a major distributor to release Clerks 3, so he went through uh, cinemas, it's a one-night-only event uh, on September 15th, Clerks 3, and it will also be out on streaming services, and I believe it's going to be sold this fall. See How They Run, September 16th, along with The Woman King, starring Viola Davis. And Jeepers Creepers Reborn, the prequel, I believe it's a prequel to Jeepers Creepers, coming out September 21st. Dark Harvest, an MGM film. 
coming out September 22nd. Don't Worry Darling, coming out September 23rd. Uh, and The Monsters Video On Demand is coming out on September 27th. Blonde, the highly anticipated uh, Marilyn Monroe film starring... Um, Starring Anna de Armas as Marilyn Monroe. That is on Netflix, first NC-17 movie for Netflix. Then we have Smile and Brothers on September 30th. And that's pretty much it until Halloween ends on October 14th. Uh, Ticket to Paradise starring George Clooney and uh, Julia Roberts. Uh, I believe that's what it is. Yes. And that is out on October 21st. Black Adam's out on October 21st as well. Pray for the Devil, October 28th. And then we have, coming up later in the year, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, November 11th. Amsterdam, November 4th. The Weird Al Yankovic story uh, is going to be on Roku Original on November 4th. And then we have, in December, Pinocchio, uh, the Guillermo del Toro version, Violent Night, December 2nd, Avatar The Way of Water, December 16th, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, is coming out also uh, December 16th. Or 21st, sorry. Um, And that's pretty much all there is. There's not a whole lot uh, for the rest of the summer. This has kind of been a disappointing summer in regards to that. Um, You know, it hasn't been nearly as, as robust as it has been in the past. So we'll see what happens with that. Um... You know, as far as what's, what we're watching on TV, um, we've got Better Call Saul, which is wrapping up its series. Uh, this episode's the penultimate episode coming up tomorrow, and then a week from tomorrow is the last episode, the series finale of Better Call Saul. Uh, really one of the best uh, shows on television. Really up... It, it, Frank's right up there with Breaking Bad and is very complimentary in watching both Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and then watching El Camino, the movie that continues off of the end of Breaking Bad. Just a great, great, uh, great stuff right there. Um, The Offer on Paramount Plus, excellent film, or excellent show uh, regarding uh, the creation of The Godfather and how it was created and how it uh, came to be, just a great film, a uh, great story there. Uh, Stranger Things, of course, season four is out now. Uh, that's a great show to watch. Uh, there's a very highly anticipated show that I'm looking forward to, is Quantum Leap on NBC. Uh, that comes out in September. Uh, really looking forward to that one. If you have any other questions or anything that you want us to want us to cover on the podcast, please let us know at any of our social media platforms.
We want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast this week. Please drop us a line on our social media platforms if you have any TV shows or movies that you would like for us to review. It could be a classic film, it could be a current film, it could be a classic TV show or a current TV show. You know, we will review it and we thank you for your feedback for the podcast. Please also, if you feel so inclined, donate to the podcast. Uh, at the Cash App or on PayPal. We'd love to have uh, to upgrade the equipment a little bit, get some of the sound quality a little bit better. Uh, we'd appreciate any anything that you can give. Also, please check out the Family Drive-Ins website. They are doing a fundraiser right now to try to improve the overall quality of the screens at the drive-in. They also have a few uh, bucket list items such as upgrading the restroom facilities, the snack bar facilities so that they can actually bring back an app that they can use to help speed up the process when there are big crowds at the drive-in theater uh, and more. Uh, Go to familydi.com for more information on that. Uh, Next time on the podcast, we will be reviewing Lightyear featuring the voice of Chris Evans. Uh, and we will have other uh, movies to be determined. I've got to look at the list and see what is available and what is out there that we can go and review. Um, I think Where the Crawdads Sing is another one we might be reviewing here in the next few weeks. So stick around, check out our TikTok page, check out our social media pages. We will let you know what movies we will be reviewing on the next podcast. Again, any suggestions that you all have, please let us know, and we'll see you at the movies.